Welcome back to the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Parallel Process. I'm Antoinette. And I'm Lindsay. So glad that you're back listening with us. Hope you're having a good day, night, evening, morning. Wherever you are. Wherever you are in the world. In the car, in the shower. Um, cooking food. <laughs> Walking your dog. Running. What else? <laughs> I was like, do we keep do we keep this up? <laughs> well, welcome to episode twenty three mm-hmm. of Parallel Process the Podcast, where two gorgeous thirty something year old mm. Texas social workers. Dang girl. <laughs> <laughs> we are gorgeous, we are amazing, we're cool, we're fun. Mm-hmm. Just like y'all are. <laughs> <laughs> So, how have you been doing this past week? I've been doing pretty good. I've been uh, working really hard on uh, keeping a a good schedule. And um, this is, uh, we're talking about it just before we started. This is like the earliest I've consistently gotten up. Like as a, like a regular, not just like a one-off, but as part of a regular routine and probably ever. So, Mm -hmm. I've been getting up... uh, because with this new job, I have to be uh, at work, like, in my seat, like, 8 o'clock. I mean, I, I don't think that anybody would care if I was at 8.05 or whatever, but I'm trying to make a good impression, right? And um, so I started at, like, 6 o'clock, right? And so mm. each week I've been rolling it back a minute because that's all I can take. That's all, that's all I can do. I can't, right. I can't, I can't just snap my fingers and be a 5.30 person. Mm-mm. So I'm now, like, at, like, 5.54 in the morning, and I'm just going to keep rolling back minute by minute until I, I, I feel like I'm where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, But it's good because it forces me to go to bed really super early. What time I, are you in bed? Uh, 9.30. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all should have seen her face like, like oh, you're, you're in kindergarten. Okay. No, 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 that's grown. <laughs> to me, that's not even kid-like. That's like grown folk behavior. I do. Actually, I, I really love it, and I would... I would not go back to the way I was sleeping at all. Because mm-hmm. um, even if, like, I'm, like, scrolling, like, on my phone a little bit in the evening, I'm still, like, by 10 o'clock, for sure, for sure. Like, the I put the phone, like, on my bedside table. I'm closing my eyes. I'm deep mm-hmm. breathing, and I'm rolling off to sleep. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. What time were you going to bed before? I mean, it was just chaos, right? Like, so probably midnight. Mm-hmm. Any, anywhere from, like, midnight to 1, and then I would get into, like, bad cycles where I was, like, doom scrolling on my phone, or I was worried about something, or I had um, too much caffeine too late. I'm, you know, I'm saying that now. I'm having a cup of coffee oh, right now. Girl. <laughs> this isn't the thing that messes Sorry. up. Sorry. No. I, I made Lindsay some coffee. I was like, hey, do you want some coffee? Like, and now we're over here. <laughs> I'm going to text you in the morning and be like, hey, did you like, sleep okay? You okay? Was this the thing? That uh, and it's folders, you know, like, dang. <laughs> I like folders coffee. I do too. It's really mm-hmm. nice. Um, but yeah, so I'm focusing a lot on um, just being like in a really healthy routine, which sets me up for all kinds of other healthy habits. Like I, because I am so like regimented about my sleep schedule now, like I meal plan for the week. You know, so Sunday night, I'm like, you know, I have um, something cooking on the stovetop, and I have two, like, sheet pan meals in the oven, and I'm boom, boom, boom. Mm. Um, so that does, like, reduce a lot of a lot of my stress, and so mm. it gives me a little bit more, 
bandwidth to like rest, relax, like spend time with my dog, not be like caught up in stuff I shouldn't be worrying about. Mm-hmm. Sounds like really great structured schedule and wellness and all that. So that sounds really good. I yeah. am I am that kid that needs structure and discipline. Like I don't do, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I would have done well like in Montessori school or something. Mm-hmm. So what what about you? How have you been? I've been good. I've been kind of changing some things up in my sleep routine because I'm the kind of person that used to sleep with my TV on, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm proud to say used to. <laughs> <laughs> so what I've been doing instead is kind of doing like the black screen, like calming music. And, you know, not having all the rays of the TV shining on me at night and no telling what is happening to my body, organs and all that. And so, (laughs) you know, so anyway, so it's like black screen and it's just like calming stuff. And I've been really sleeping really good. I feel like I've always slept pretty nicely, um, but I feel like it's really, really done like such a great thing for me. And I don't wake up in the morning like, oh, my gosh, I've had my TV on me like throughout the night or whatever mm-hmm. so um i do go to bed pretty late <laughs> i am one of those people that go to bed like on average midnight 1 p.m i mean don't let me get to two because i will you know type of thing <laughs> but i'll still wake up like around nine depending because you know i do private practice so sometimes my first client is at noon sometimes my mm-hmm. first client is at 11 or whatever but one thing i have been doing is really focusing on my monday through thursday night and for the adulting people out there, you might be like, what? I already do this. Like, you know, but for me, this is like kind of a milestone for me is um, just having my Mondays and Thursdays for myself, mm. you know, um, and then Friday and Saturday, you know, if I want to do something, maybe like what I mean by something is having people over, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, having dinner and inviting people over, going out or doing this or that. So I've been kind of really looking at focusing on my own self-development like my creative side my um work um and just educating myself throughout the week so um because like on a night like this like after the podcast i'd be hey whoa people come over bottle wine yeah i cook dinner (laughs) like oh well it's 12 midnight guess where to go like versus really getting into bed and if i stay up watch a movie that's fine but I need to be in bed by at least 11, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So I've been actually feeling like really productive and really good. So, good. yeah. So very mm-hmm. nice. Well, yeah. so this is really a continuation of um, last episode. So we're going to kind of, I think, stay on a roll of like mental health specific topics. Um, and so this is just uh, continuing over from what we started with, which is, um, just getting started with the idea of um, myself or somebody I care about. I'm thinking that might they might benefit from mental health treatment, but I don't know where to get started or where to go from here. So last episode we talked about um, understanding like our own like family and cultural context around mental health, um, understanding like. Uh, you know, stigmatizing beliefs that might be a barrier to reaching out for mental health or having that discussion with somebody that you care about. Um, we discussed some of our own experiences um, in uh, approaching therapy for the first time. And so we're going to just kind of continue along that path and um, start off this episode with 
Okay, so say you are having those thoughts. Say you have done some reflection about kind of your own family system and where you are with the idea of, um, of uh, believing that mental health might be a need for you or somebody you care about. What, what, what do I do now? Like, what, what are my, my next steps? Mm -hmm. And so we discuss looking first at understanding your uh, unique warning signs um, that something is uh, maybe not where you want it to be or you might be um, feeling unhealthy in your mental health. Yeah, I think it's really important for an individual and for like loved ones or family members, whoever is around us to be able to I um, to be able to look out or see like what are the warning signs. Um, so I work at a behavioral health hospital um, and it's an emergency psychiatric setting where people go in um, to get treatment or to get emergency care for their mental health. Right. So if a person has like suicidal thoughts, self-harm or they're in a space where it's really difficult for them to maintain wellness, they'll go and get treatment. And sometimes it's relatively mild, but you know, needing treatment or sometimes it's super severe. Like, um, as far as like, I've survived a suicide attempt. I went to the medical hospital, I was treated there. And then I was transported to a behavioral setting where then I get that therapy treatment and all that, and then get linked to ongoing therapy, ongoing treatment when I leave. Mm -hmm. And some those settings are usually like a three to seven days depending some people could be there longer or shorter and sometimes people are emergency detention meaning that um emergency worker maybe the police or somebody goes out and say there was like a incident where um the person wasn't necessarily safe then a police officer necessarily wouldn't take them to like a jail or something like that because mm -hmm. they'll they'll take them into like a mental health setting and all that um, which again will be a behavioral health setting, um, at least you know where I where I work. Um, so anyway, um, a lot of times when we're doing therapy groups, we really try to educate people about what were the warning signs, right? What were those things that were happening before it turned into a mental health crisis, and then a person was then brought into the hospital. I always try to encourage people, no matter what, if a person just gets there, that's good. They're mm -hmm. safe, they survived it, and all that. And I always try to remind people, too, that anybody under the sun can have a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think we had said that kind of in the, in the, the, the previous podcast about that. So, you know, uh, okay, so the warning signs, right? <laughs> what would you say um, for you, Lindsay, when you think about warning signs, when it comes to mental health, um, when it comes to like red flags, things we should pay attention to as it's leading into a mental health kind of crisis, decline, all of that. So I think it's helpful to think about it like in like two blocks. The first being like your internal warning signs, the things that you're experiencing on the inside, your emotions, your thoughts, um, your impulses, things like that. And then there's the external warning signs. How would I know by looking at you, how would somebody that maybe lives with you or works with you, what would they start to notice if something was going wrong? Mm -hmm. And there are multiple signs, mm -hmm. right? And it, these signs are different for a lot of different people, right? But then there's also very like common things. Like um, one of the things that many people report when they have survived a mental health crisis or they're going into a situation is like isolation. Yes, very common. Mm -hmm. And people actually get that term 
kind of mixed up with other things. But, oh, no, I like to isolate. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not the same thing. Right. <laughs> so Some people um, kind of mix up the idea of, like, having, like, say, like, healthy boundaries or taking your space, which can be totally, extremely healthy, with like social withdrawal isolation Mm -hmm. like getaway world because i feel so bad and i just you know having Mm -hmm. anybody around me i'm just afraid it's going to make me feel worse Mm -hmm. yeah the way that we look at isolation versus a day of wellness a day to, to myself a day to like um kind of like be in peace with myself is very different like i mean i like days to myself where i'm just doing netflix Mm-hmm. I cook. Like, if my friend calls me, I'd be like, hey, you know, I'm just chilling. You know, I'll hang out with y'all tomorrow. But it really isn't, like, a time where the walls are kind of closing in, kind of, like, negative thoughts or anything. It really is me just enjoying the sunlight, going to the park, going for the, a walk, needing some healthy space to kind of be with myself, right? Isolation is very, very different. That is when I'm kind of going into more of a negative headspace, I find myself getting more depressed. The symptoms are more increasing. Racing thoughts, suicidal thoughts. For people who deal with like addiction or substance use, it can be increased in substance use. So the way I describe this usually is like, say I'm drinking, I pass out, I wake up, I drink again, pass out, or I'm increasing like marijuana use or any other substance. It could really, if people who love me, care about me, could call. I don't really want anyone over. I don't want to answer my mm-hmm. phone. And I'm going into a really deeper, dangerous space. Mm-hmm. That if somebody doesn't reach in and say, hey, hey, Antoinette. Hey, hey, Lindsay. You know, hey, hey, listener. Are you okay? Right? Mm-hmm. That I may find myself really in a situation. You know? And it's hard because it's like... Um it's like somebody with like a, a vitamin D deficiency, like the best thing for them would be the sun, but it's like the thing that they don't want mm-hmm. or they feel that they don't want or can't tolerate at that moment. But it's the, it's probably the thing that's like most able to support that person, but it doesn't feel like that in that moment. It just mm-hmm. feels like, please, like, let me just shut out the world, you know, and, and it's just like a cycle that creates just more and more pain mm-hmm. it really does and it, there's so much to say about isolation because isolation doesn't have to be with me being in my apartment with the door closed it could be me be me at work not really talking to anybody mm-hmm. it could be me not just being my myself and just kind of like i don't want to be bothered right it could be a lot of different things sometimes in families or with loved ones say that loved one is in their room with the door closed they haven't came out for dinner. They haven't really talked to someone. Sometimes family members will be like, oh, they just need their space. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, I don't want to bother them. Oh, you know, they'll just get back to us. They're just, you know, going through this. Oh, they're just being a teen. Mm-hmm. Let her just be in her room then type mm-hmm. of thing. Or him being in their room. And it's a very, very serious thing that if you see kind of a pattern in a loved one or within ourselves to go and spend time with supportive people to reach out and all that, especially if we have a history of knowing that, hey, I deal with depression, I deal with anxiety, I deal with PTSD or any other diagnosis, or just we have a history of kind of isolating, to see that early warning sign and reach out, or to inform people around us too, hey, if you see me in the room with my door closed, check on me, mm-hmm. open the windows, bring me dinner, you know, call me. If I don't answer, come knock at my door, like ahead of time so that people can key in and know what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very important. Now let's talk about... 
isolation's best friend, which is agitation. Oh. <laughs> Somebody that's easily irritable, uh, been there in probably every form of it. Um, so if you're fighting yourself or you're noticing about somebody that they're just really irritable and it's really not their temperament, generally it's not been their temperament, and maybe that's steadily, like, increased to the point that they really are kind of chasing you off, like, um, eschewing any of your attempts to be, like, social or to engage them. Um, they're getting into, like, spats at work. Mm-hmm. Um, Snap it on people. Yeah, they just kind of hate everybody. Um, then, I mean, that's, a, I think, a very sure sign that uh, that person is having significant uh, mental health challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times people don't really recognize that because someone who becomes very irritable or really short, and that's not really normally the, their thing, they might be like, oh, they're just being an asshole or, oh, they're just being this and that. Mm-hmm. And they may not key in, like, wait a minute, what's going on with them? They're really irritable lately. They're really yeah, upset. That's mm-hmm. a good point because some some people we just write off because we we don't they're not really <laughs> we don't really like them to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's just more of the same, right? Um, and we don't really stop to think about it. Or sometimes people are honestly just having a bad day or a bad week, and they are short tempered and they mm-hmm. they do have a short fuse or something, and then it passes. But if they're not making a natural recovery from that and they're kind of staying in that space and you're like, this isn't their temperament, Mm -hmm. but gosh, it has been for a minute now, like that's, uh, or that's you, right? Mm -hmm. You notice that you used to like get along with all kinds of people. You used to like, you know, love going to work or really enjoy your colleagues. And then now Mm -hmm. you're just like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. You know, that's, that's a good indicator. Mm -hmm. Another big area that a psychiatrist or a therapist whoever's going to check on is self-care like are we taking good care of ourselves? and that falls in line with how's my eating how's my sleeping i'm gonna add another area to this how's my hygiene mm-hmm. how's myself like my my surroundings and my in my care when it comes to that mm-hmm. so changes in eating could be overeating or under eating overeating is like i'm trying to soothe through my food i'm just eating eating all that stuff or not eating. I just don't have an appetite. Mm-hmm. I haven't eaten like all day. I haven't eaten in two days. I haven't eaten in a while or when I eat, I'm just, my appetite's just not there. Um, changes in sleep could be oversleeping or undersleeping mm-hmm. and oversleeping could be, say I go to sleep like at 9 PM and I don't get up until 5 PM the next day. Mm-hmm. I'm still tired and I just go back to sleep. Like that kind of thing. Again, there's so many variations of this. Um, Or like hygiene. It's been for days. I just don't, I don't want to shower. And the thing is, is that people who don't understand kind of the warning signs will judge somebody. Look at your house. You're being lazy. You know, look at this. Like, oh, like you smell. Like, you know, what's wrong with you? That Those kind of things are not really keying in. Like what's really going on? This is a warning sign here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think people like, the person themselves going through it is usually like very judgmental and towards themselves and like Mm -hmm. that comes with a lot of shame but honestly as a therapist like I I hear so many people you know that are just like I you know my my goal for this week is I want to you know I want to get up and shower and change clothes like at least three times this week Mm -hmm. or something and maybe like they went they went through a really bad period where they didn't shower, change clothes for 10 days, you Mm -hmm. know, that is not uncommon. Mm -hmm. It's Um, very common. Yeah. 
And I would say instead of like having a lot of shame and judgment around it, really keying into what what's the what's the data of this telling me? It's telling me that this is a an indicator that um, I need mental health support. I don't need a lot of like shame and judgment on my back. Mm-hmm. For for sure. Um, there's there's different kinds of suicidal thoughts or areas of suicidal thoughts that we can think of. One is passive suicidal thoughts and one are active suicidal thoughts. People are familiar a little bit with active suicidal thoughts like planning. Um, you know, maybe a person will tell us or not tell us that they're having those thoughts. But passive suicidal thoughts, I don't think too many people are familiar with. And somebody might be actually familiar with this who's listening, right? I just don't want to be here anymore. I'm tired of life. You know, if I could go to sleep and not wake up, I would, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Were you going to kill yourself? No, I didn't say that. Mm-hmm. I just said I'm just tired. I'm yeah. just so done with this. I'm done with the rat race of life. I'm tired of, like, feeling this way. I'm tired, like, am I ever going to get better? You know, people are just, like, trash. Like, I'm just tired of this thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that could definitely be a warning sign. Um, and it's a very careful warning sign. Um, to get around supportive people, safe people, and all that. So, yeah, yeah or, to, or to reach out for help. Um, some other common um, red flags or warning signs could be like destructive behavior, right? And that is a, that is a wide range of different things, right? Um, it could be like property, like destruction. It could be like self-harm, it could be like verbal, emotionally, you know, abusive. It could be a lot of different things. But whatever we understand destructive behavior to be could be kind of a warning sign, something to pay attention to. Feeling stuck, that kind of falls under hopelessness, helplessness. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there's just no hope. I feel helpless. I feel like nothing is going to help this situation. Nothing's going to get better. Mm-hmm. And there's levels to that for sure. Lying could be another one of those two. Not that we would call a person a liar. Like, you liar. Like, it's not like that. It could be like, how are you feeling? I feel fine. Everything's great. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel fine. I don't feel great. Yeah. You know? Um, In other areas, too. Negative feelings acted out. Especially, too, if we are, like, part of treatment, like, therapy treatment, psychiatric treatment, medication, um, adherence, and all that. And say we just stop taking our medications. Or like, oh, I don't want to do therapy anymore. Mm, what's the use? Oh, why go to my AA meeting? I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know? Or, or other things in life that, like, you know used to be important to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I love going to museums. Now, I don't necessarily go every week, but I definitely go every month. And if I go, like, you know, if there's a month that I haven't done something, like, in the community, like, gone to a play, gone to a performance, gone to a museum or an art gallery, then what am I doing? Because Mm -hmm. that's, like, a big part of, like, my life and, like, how I, like, do my own self-care and how I, you know, process my emotions. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's it. Like, if I'm saying I'm fine, but I'm pulling away from all the things that I love, like, that's a a good Loss of interest of things we used to do. Mm -hmm. That's a big indicator. Like, I used to love being around the family. Oh, I'm withdrawn now. Mm-hmm. I used to love I working out. I don't or... see the point of it. I used to love to work out. I just don't. I used to love, you know, being part of the arts or, you know, being part of this or that. Or a lot of teens, um, when I do therapy group, will talk about this part. And they'll say, I used to be in band. I used to be in choir. I used mm. to do these things in school. And I just don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, in kids, 
when it comes to depression, a lot of people don't know this, that irritability acting out is, is really a sign of depression for many kids. Mm -hmm. A lot of times parents misunderstand that and they'll think, oh, this kid is just acting out. You know, or this kid is just misbehaving, especially when they're really young, like seven, eight, nine, even younger, a little older or whatever. There's a misconception. And so it's very important for a parent to key in. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, you've been really irritable. You've been really kind of, is everything okay? Yeah. Let's talk about it, you know, versus jumping to conclusions and telling the child that, oh, you're going to get in trouble. This and this and this and this. What's wrong with you? All that stuff. That's so So. true. And... And, like, asking the question, but I think you could ask this of of anyone of any age, but I think especially young ones, right? What is the function of this behavior? If that kid is, like, acting out, right, getting kicked out of class, what is the function of that behavior? Is it because I want to get away from all my peers? Mm -hmm. Is it because I want attention? I'm trying to express to you I need help, but I don't have language for that, to ask for that. Is it because I can't stand the stimulation in this classroom, so I'm finding a way to, like, escape it? So I think for for young ones, that's a really good question to mm-hmm. ask is, you know, what is going on? And, yeah, some things are phases and developmentally appropriate and blah, 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 blah. But stopping to ask, like, if there's things like that going on, what what is the function of this? Mm-hmm. I want to carefully say this because I don't want any parents to – be too hard on themselves. I mean, maybe some do do need to pull themselves aside, seriously. But a lot of times when I'm doing therapy for the kids, it really, um, they're, you know, most of the parents that of the children who I provide therapy for are really amazing parents. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like very like, I want my child to be in therapy. I went through a divorce, you know, I was going through this or that. And there's been some changes and I want my child to make, check on my child to make sure they're adapting. Okay. Or my child has survived the trauma and all that. So I just want to make sure they're doing good, you know, and they're very, um, insightful. Mm -hmm. And then there are other parents that are really causing the issue. And so one of the biggest things I had to learn how to navigate with giving therapy or providing therapy for teens and kids is that um, a lot of times it's the household. Mm-hmm. And the setting that I've worked in, we, we, it's mandated that we do family therapy. And there were a lot of times I had to lovingly and therapeutically look at mm-hmm. a parent mm-hmm. and say, emotional abuse is real. Mm-hmm. And when you tell your child that you're, they're sorry, good for nothing, cussing them out, yelling and screaming at them, that contributes to their depression, their anxiety, them acting out on themselves and all that. And a lot of parents felt like they weren't the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, no, they're just being a terrible teen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Let, let's explore that more. And it wasn't like a judgmental thing. Like you, you suck as a parent. It wasn't that it was. And we kind of sometimes see the generation when my parents yelled at me. I yell at my kid, like, or I had to learn that way. They're going to have to learn that way. But really it was like a distorted way of like, you know, addressing certain issues within the household and all that. So um, I think it's very important for parents to really, you know, if your child's in therapy and you know that things have been rocky as far as like your own behaviors, family dynamic and all that, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't hurt to say, I'm going to go to therapy too. Yeah. Versus pointing all fingers to the child or teen and then not really saying, well, that I need to do that too mm-hmm. type of thing. Or at least saying, hey, you know, my child's doing therapy and working with the therapist. How can we then integrate and kind of do a family therapy, but then make sure the focus is here or there or whatever. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, so a lot of components and all that. Um, there are so many different other warning signs too when it, when it comes to different things. Like becoming physically sick can actually be a warning sign. That is, I'm so glad that you brought that up. Mm -hmm. So somatic signs of... Uh, Mind, body, spirit connected. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So some people don't, they may not relate to these other warning signs. But if you say, are you having digestion issues? Are you having an upset stomach? They'll be like, yes. How did you, you know, and I went to the doctor and it was like, I, you know, there's nothing going on with you. I don't know how to help you. Mm -hmm. um, so somebody that's maybe having ulcers or um, uh, they... I have like a nervous stomach, like they constantly like have diarrhea or, mm -hmm. you know, something similar um, or the opposite. They're like constipated all the time. Um, so those are like inflammation usually, and all that right. stuff. Usually we're, we're, we look at that as like usually like constipation is associated with like depression. The things that have slowed down and become stuck, right? Our body is slowed down and kind of frozen up. Um, or the opposite, like if you're having trouble holding food, um, usually that's a sign of like anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. Or like hypervigilance, like you're constantly like, it's just running right through you. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and, and similar like with blood pressure, heart rate variability, um, skin breakouts, like you said, inflammation, mm -hmm. you know, that's a, a very good indicator of, you know, of acute stress, acute and chronic stress. Um, some people experience hair loss. I was just about to say that. Ah! <laughs> or parallel <laughs> process. <laughs> no, <I was> kidding. <laughs> or like constant constant fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um or what we call like hyper reactivity. Like you get like really like uh your energy gets like really like fidgety and like you get like um just kinda like this rush of almost like adrenaline. Or hypoactivity, like everything is like really slowed down and you just can't kind of get yourself going. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the whole physical side of those warning signs are so important because there's a lot of people that do not see themselves in the other. Yeah. Either because they don't experience it or they just don't relate to it, whatever, but they do see the physical side. Yeah, it's very important, I, I believe, as a human being to consider mind, body, and spirit as being connected. Mm -hmm. Some people say mind, body, soul, you know, mm -hmm. like that, that mm -hmm. they're very connected. And our body um, tries to warn us or tell us, hey, there's something going on. Pay attention to me. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to protect you. Pay attention to me. The way I describe it in groups is if we're in a car, right, on the dashboard of the car, the car is going to let us know, hey, gas, oil light, mm -hmm. and check engine, all the other things that kind of pop up and it's letting us know, the car's letting us know, hey, pay attention to this or I'm going to break down. Mm -hmm. And eventually it will, you know. And some of us, we've been on the side of the road. Like, damn, I should listen to this. I know. <laughs> This, back, this, like, this light. They there were there were <laughs> indicators. There were indicators, but I kept driving. You know. Yeah. Our body, our mind, our 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 thinking, our our um, emotions, and a lot of times are trying to let us know, hey, you're stressed. Hey, you're taking on too much, mm -hmm. or you have to. And the other part, there's one taking on too much, and then one is too much free time, too. If I have too much free time, that could be a warning sign, meaning I'm just laid about all day. I have nothing to do. Well, I need to keep myself busy. Yeah. But if I'm taking on everybody else's stuff and I don't have appropriate boundaries, a lot of times I see this in mothers, or, or and I don't want to stereotype moms, but I'm using this as an example, where 
And this is even a cultural reference too, where the mother or the matriarch of the family feels like I got to take on my kids. I got to take on my grandkids. Mm-hmm. I got to have them. Well, if I don't figure this out, we'll just come stay. Well, you need money, but, and they're kind of taking care of grown adults or situations in which mm-hmm. appropriate boundaries need to be set, but they're not there yet. And so what happens is that they become stressed and then, you know, our body can only take so much, our spirit can only take so much. And then we go into a mental breakdown. Yeah. I've seen that by the way so many times in, a, in in the hospital settings where a person they're just like i don't even know how i got here yeah i don't even know how i broke down like i was just doing this and then we get into our like i don't again don't mean to stereotype this could be for men or women but i've seen quite a bit of men being in the hospital and they'll be like well i don't know how i even got here i was just working 60 hours a week i don't well, hold on right there mm-hmm. that's where it is at because the overwork especially in a time like this where everyone's trying to hustle, everybody's just trying to get money, yeah. we're trying to survive inflation and all that, but forgetting that I need rest. I need to rest my mind, I need to rest my spirit. So if we're taking on too much, or we just have too much free time, meaning I'm just bored, I have nothing to do. The next week, I have nothing to do, that we become even depressed, mm-hmm. or anxiety, or kind of feeling some type of way, like well, what am I doing with my life, and all that. I try to tell people too that even if we're not employed, say I do receive a government check, say I receive everything and I'm just, I'm in my housing, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I can still be busy about my day. I can still yes. wake up. Hey, I don't have a job. I don't have, any, have anywhere to go, but I can still wake up at nine o'clock, do my meditation, mm-hmm. exercise, meal plan, visit a healthy friend. Notice I said healthy. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, have a structured schedule for myself Mm -hmm. so that my mind, body, and spirit is taken care of and maintained. Because when that's not there, then I can also contribute and go into um, serious mental health issues. Yeah, really having purpose. Mm -hmm. I want to make a book recommendation. This is called Widen the Window by Elizabeth Stanley. So this is a book I got from my local library. Um, And so it's about somebody who, she was... uh, I think like a psychology like doctoral candidate or something finishing Mm. up her thesis and I don't remember the school but I know it was I remember it was an Ivy League school Mm. and she was like a very like um I want I want to move away from like the language of like high functioning because that means like some people are low functioning it's like what um but she was very like um successful had a lot of like accolades in her career had like a whole military career before she went into graduate school mm-hmm. and so now she's finishing it this thesis at this really prestigious school and she had been going through like more and more stress taking more and more on and she was ignoring her warning signs exactly mm-hmm. like what you were talking about and so she was like getting sick more often she was having headaches well she's like typing she's literally typing up her thesis and she just out of nowhere just throws up on her own computer. She like unplugs her keyboard, throws it away, goes buys another one. Oh. Just 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 does not stop, right? But like, anyway, like I was typing. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I can't, I can't stop. Like so like somebody that does not have healthy boundaries with themselves, right? Well, she not long after that, her vision turned off. Mm-hmm. Her body said, if you will not stop. I'll stop we will, you. We will make you stop. Absolutely. And so she actually went through a period of blindness, which I believe is like a form of like conversion disorder, which does happen to people that are just running at a pace that like they just cannot, like the stress has overloaded the machine, has overloaded the brain. And because they are 
used to being able to do whatever, like spin all those plates, get all this done, be really high achieving. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't stop. They don't take the signals, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that also happens to also like a lot of refugees because the stress level is just so high and they can't stop or they'll die. It's for their own survival that they have to keep going. And so something like that will happen, like hmm. blindness, paralysis, until they've worked through it. But it, they have to work through it through their mental health. Mm-hmm. So, again, really great book. I And it has a lot of, like, neuroscience and stuff. So if, like, you're interested in that, how does that even happen? How do you work through that? Um, how do you, you know, the, the title of the book is Widen the Window. It's widening your distress tolerant, tolerance mm-hmm. um, so that, like, you can tolerate things. Um, but also, like, take your... <laughs> Take mm-hmm. your signal seriously, right? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Because I, I, I don't know if so many people are, too many people are aware of that. Um, but it's so important to um, to take that time for that space and all that. I saw a meme on Instagram. <laughs> and it said that, um, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but um, being productive looks different. Productive may be rest. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to get rest. But I also need to be busy. But I also need to reflect. But I also need to take time to structure my time. All that stuff, it can look very different. And I think that it could be helpful for somebody, too, to get a notebook and paper and be like, what am I responsible for? <laughs> what am I not responsible for? Absolutely. You know, what yeah, are my actual res- like things I need to maintain and do for myself? Right? Because many of us, we are taking on so many things. Mm-hmm. You know? So, Yeah. Um, good stuff. Good, good stuff. Is this at an hour already? Yeah, we're already at an hour. When we get to talking about this, this topic about mental health, we, we just go. We just I'm go. like, is this time right? I feel like it's only been 30 I minutes. Know. I'm like, I'm kind of like eyeing this, like, this, like, recorder on my like, laptop. <laughs> like, what's going on here? But I think it is an exciting topic. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, wow. So anything else? Um, I don't think so. I mean, we want to talk about, we want to give people like practical advice and tips about like how to actually enter into mental health treatment. Like, so I guess we'll leave off of maybe Mm -hmm. just like some general advice of like, so there's, you know, two paths that people generally take and you can take both of them. In fact, I would encourage you to explore both of them fully. It doesn't mean that you have to stick with both of them, but one is usually therapy and the other is medication management. Um, so I think we could talk a lot more about that next time. But just those are kind of like the two branches, the two like main clinical model branches that you could start thinking about. But then there's all these other you know avenues. Lifestyle to changes, you. yeah. Lifestyle changes, um, spiritual practices, um, alternative medicine practices, and all those are absolutely worth like your exploration in fact i think you're probably pretty necessary to like the clinical model for it to be successful at all Mm -hmm. yeah i like that um something that i kind of explain to people is that um and something i'm learning for myself is that just like diet and exercise go together mental health awareness um um treatment like medication management depending if i use medications or not and the healthy lifestyle are both important. Mm -hmm. So imagine me going to the gym, working out, and then I go to like a Burger King or McDonald's and what, like, what a size, or Whataburger, what a size my meal. Mm -hmm. That contradicts what I'm trying to do. Yeah. I worked out, burned all these calories, tore muscle to to gain more muscle and all that, 
just to replace it with high fructose corn syrup, salt, oils, and all that contradicts that. So if I am taking medications as prescribed, if that's part of what I do, and I'm in mental health treatment and wellness and all that, I want to consider my people, places, and things. Mm -hmm. Do they match where I'm trying to go? Does it complement where I'm trying to go? Mm -hmm. Or does it contradict that? You know, and, and many of us, we do start questioning, maybe in a really healthy way, right, our relationships. Is the partner that I'm with um, healthy for me? Mm. Are the friends that I have, are they healthy for me? Are the places that I go, are the things that I do, are the things that I watch? And really think about it as a garden of, if I want this to grow, if I want it to be a beautiful, um, flowing garden. I know I'm being a group therapist right now. I know I am. Okay. How am I watering it? How am I tending to it? How am I... Um, um, pruning, like all those things. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's a thing that we all have to think about. Yeah. It's something I daily think about. And there are situations and things that I've actually, even in more recent times, um, disconnected from things that yeah. had been around for a while mm -hmm. that weren't necessarily like bad, bad, I guess you could say, or unhealthy. I don't like using bad or good, but unhealthy or, or, or destructive, but it was just like, this is not beneficial for my spirit and where I'm trying to go. Mm -hmm. And so I need to let it go. So yeah, it's great stuff. Wow. Well, thank you for joining us. And so next week we'll have more on, uh, mental health, um, being a good mental health advocate for yourself, getting educated about the mental health issues and medications and, and opportunities and everything involved um so you can make like the best possible choices for yourself now and in the future um and we wish you guys a great week yes and remember with these kind of topics even with warning signs that we kind of talked about today we're scratching the surface mm -hmm. there are so many layers and, and aspects to this and so i would like Lindsay's saying just continue to listen to us and we'll bring more information if you have any questions or thoughts you can find us on instagram yeah right just mm -hmm. put in parallel process and we'll come up and then we'll have some things for you to look at too mm -hmm. so share the podcast thank y'all so much for listening bye <laughs> <laughs>